0: your name. Welcome to Activate This Spot. This is our podcast where we, uh, we'll activate anything. Give me a cardboard box, I'll activate it, put a cat in there, it's activated. Hey, you know what, um, something about extremes recently that's really kind of been uh, getting to me. I feel like, um, you know, like the story of Goldilocks. Goldilocks? Goldilocks. There's those three bears. I feel like it's, we've really kind of just worked our way to just, there's two bears, two extremes. There's dad, mom. Dad has the hot porridge. Mommy's got the the cold. And that's, we've kind of rewritten the story to these extremes. There's no middle ground anymore, it seems like. It's leading to a very stressful existence. Maybe just it's that way, this way. Two views, and if it's not my view, I'm offended. That's the end of the story. Activate my offendedness. It's kind of easy to do nowadays. Seems like that. I don't know. Um, your way, my way. If you if you win, I'm sad. I'm offended. And that, that, that's the other thing. I seem to think in sports a lot. Win, lose. I don't know. I'm not much of a winner or loser. Um like I'm not very competitive, maybe. I just uh hey, there's there's gray matter, man. In the middle. Anyway, this episode I'm gonna bring on one of my old time bosses. Well, she's not an old timer. Just it happened in the past, so old time bosses. Carol Murphy, she knows a lot about activating some spots. I learned a lot about the nonprofit world when I worked a couple summers with her. Um and she's she's got some cool stuff to say. Plus, we go to her cool house. And, uh, well, I think she's about to start here, so I better shut up. Not too many rules on my show.
1: That's good. I'm not good with rules. You, you, a, might, you might remember did, that.
0: <laughs> did you, is that like a, are you a traditional rule breaker? Or just, is that in your blood?
1: Oh, yeah. Definitely. Hmm. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Is that, Do you find that to be a... Where are you from? We're in New York, Bronx. Bronx,
1: <laughs> Irish Catholic, Bronx, New York. So uh, now if I'm
0: looking at that island or whatever it is that they call New York, where's Bronx? The very Bronx. north, beyond Harlem. Oh yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah. So like, <clears throat> I was on the East Side. Of the Bronx and Riverdale would have been the west side or is the west side it still is mm-hmm. um,
0: until water overtakes it from Global
1: yeah, probably will. Yeah. hopefully not. Um, so I was um, east to thirty third Street and uh, the next I mean we were the last um, we were the last neighborhood really in the Bronx and the next neighborhood up would have been Westchester County Yonkers.
0: Oh Yonkers. I think I've heard about that in movies, yeah, Yonkers. What happens in Yonkers?
1: Not really much, but hmm. no, not
0: much. what's what's the Bronx of Akron?
1: Oh, gosh. I would say back in the day it would have been South Street.
0: Oh um it's a tough town.
1: Yeah, oh, it's very tough. It's not it's changed dramatically as you know. I mean, talk about revitalize this. Um, You know, as rents increased in downtowns, um, same thing happened in New York City. I mean, back in the day, you know, you could live in Manhattan and not have to be a billionaire. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: then, as things have changed, no one can afford to live in New York City proper, Manhattan. Right. Though the Bronx is New York City, I'd like to tell you. Um, so people kept moving up. So, you know, people mm. would live in Harlem, mm-hmm. and then people were moving up. Um, now people live in Queens and the Bronx and Brooklyn and you hear that all the time. Like, mm. you know, my brother got my brother was living in Brooklyn for much of his adult life and he uh was living in this tiny little shack of an apartment <laughs> in Williamsburg and the rent went from like six hundred to like almost three thousand. And no, it no, no with no changes whatsoever. And believe me, they got him out of there quick enough to have some, you know, investment youngster yeah. working for banks in down you know, downtown.
0: That was the hipsters came in maybe uh, and booted him out. Is that what happened?
1: Yeah. And it was a really cool Polish neighborhood and hmm. there really is a great Polish um, sausage, sausage place still there in Williamsburg. But you know, now it's like I think you probably can buy some like I don't know, high-end fashion on Williamsburg now, which is kind of funny, hmm. but... Yeah, same thing with Lower East Side, same thing with the Bronx, you know.
0: Is that where, uh, is Akron going in that direction? Could, not, aren't they getting like some high-end apartments downtown?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I really, as you might have, you know, we've been friends since University Park Alliance. Um, speaking yep. of successes. <laughs> I think, yeah, I you know, look, I think there's some really good things happening. Downtown living has to happen for them, um, for the city of Akron, um, to fulfill some of its plans. Mm -hmm. That definitely has to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. That'd be a
0: good thing, yeah. Yeah. I think.
1: Right. I have no idea of what those apartments are going to look like. I have no idea what the cost of those apartments are going to be. Um, and hopefully they're not out of reach, um, because really, you know, that to me would really take away the flavor of, you know, what a city is, is to have a diverse group of people interacting. Mm -hmm. That's where I think, you know, that's where it's exciting. Um, and we see it all over, you know, Ohio city, you know, Hingetown. Um, those places where, um, you know, you'd be afraid most, and I'm not saying this about all people, um, but the people who are living there now would have been afraid to walk through some of those neighborhoods mm-hmm. and now they're building these high rises. Um, I just hope they're using the supermarket that was on the corner, which is selling lottery tickets and booze and mm-hmm because that's a person who's been there for 30 years. Now my feeling yeah. is, I don't know, I haven't been there in a while, but they're yeah. probably that's probably not going to happen.
0: But isn't that all you need is lottery tickets and booze? Some sausage. Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't know how many, you know, of the new people who have moved in, which is predominantly rich white people, you know, yeah. are they using that supermarket or is that person going to get pushed out?
0: Right. This is this might be a good um, it's always a challenge to teach my students what gentrification is probably because I have a hard time saying it but we're kind of talking about it right now, right?
1: It's exactly what it is. Yeah So I I tend to say place taking mm-hmm. um, you know
0: not place making. One of those terms. Anyway, go ahead. It is one of those terms, mm-hmm. and
1: I think that unfortunately, with this like whole emphasis behind placemaking, it's become sort of a um, an okay. Yeah, it's okay to come in, mm-hmm. um, but real placemaking, in my opinion, um, is it doesn't all look the same. Um, because each of the communities that might be making changes uh, should look differently. I mean, maybe they're differently ethnically, maybe they're differently geography, whatever it is. Um, And usually it entails, placemaking should entail the community's ideas. Mm -hmm. So what we do see, however, is people looking from other places it's happened forever, believe me. Right? Whose land am I on now?
0: Yeah, this house, can, right? Sure, you can go back to maybe 1607. Perhaps there's <laughs> some place taking going on there. Yeah, in Virginia. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I mean, and how, how even back then to think that there was no way to, with all that space, <laughs> that there was no <laughs> way to coincide. Yeah. However. Yeah, right. So, um, I think people now see something that waterfront property.
0: Hmm.
1: I mean, in Cleveland for a really long time, we didn't utilize the waterfront.
0: Oh, yeah, it was a highway.
1: And it was also industry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, was, it was what, you know, and that happens in a lot of cities like a Cleveland, like a Rust Belt city, they're yeah. using their waterfront really for what, you know, it makes the economy grow. Mm-hmm. Back in the day. Mm -hmm. And now we look at it and we say, oh, you know, I want to live on the waterfront. And they can because the land is cheap. And um, but I believe that the places being made um, are not for all. And I think we see that Um, people getting pushed out of places because they're poor, Mm -hmm. basically, I know a lot of people argue with me because there is tons of housing in Ohio. Um,
0: Pretty affordable. Very affordable. Mm -hmm.
1: But I like to see that, you know, why isn't it that we can't have waterfront vistas in a, you know, in in a diverse economy of people? Mm -hmm. So not all $5,000 a month, you know? Apartments, yeah, just makes no sense to me. I mean, there, there's, I mean, believe me, this is not a new science. There's way to do infill in neighborhoods, and I just think that, you know, and I don't think that people necessarily have bad intentions, but I think we, as white folk, we tend. Are you white? Yeah. Because I
0: haven't introduced you, I just realized. (laughs) Yeah super white I'm here speaking with a white woman yes I'm a white man okay we've established that
1: we're very Caucasian (laughs) Um, I think we tend to you know believe that you know we know the way and and this is right and this is like I've heard people say like they look at a space right and they'll say oh my god you know this this is terrible it's a bad neighborhood there's Mm -hmm. nothing going on here and yet fucking people People are living there. You
0: can, yeah, you can say that.
1: Sorry, <laughs> you know, people are living there. Yeah. There's stores. There, mm-hmm. but they're not things that maybe you and I necessarily have experienced in our life. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we we look at it and go, "Oh, that should be a Whole Foods."
0: Yeah. You know what right. I mean?
1: I don't know, right? Yeah. And but, however, there's a whole community of people. A whole community of people. <laughs> I mean, the thing, when I when I talk about creative placemaking, I mean, one of the most ironic to me is when Lincoln Center was being built. Um, going back
0: to New York now, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: You know, it was like, oh, we're going to build this great place for the arts, and believe me, it is.
0: Okay. Never been there. Okay, I'll take your word for it.
1: I graduated from high school in Lincoln Center. Oh, That's how okay. big my high school was. <laughs> um, but... They had to devastate mm. an extremely lively black neighborhood mm. with lots of jazz clubs and... Oh,
0: it's like the inner belt here.
1: It's exactly. So like, you know, am I saying Lincoln Center is not a great place? No, I would never say that. But mm-hmm. think about what had to happen mm-hmm. to make that. Um, and, you know, why did that happen? I mean, when Lincoln Center was built, it wasn't a jazz arena. (laughs) It wasn't like, hey, I'm building this for, you know, make sure that the arts in this community can flourish. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, what does the city need? And this property Mm -hmm. over here is expendable because these people don't matter. Yeah. I think we have to be mindful of what has come before Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: mindful of what is in the space. Um, that we're, I mean, activating or revitalizing. I mean, that's just such a horrible way to speak about place Mm -hmm. because, you know, what is that, what is that saying about communities that Hmm. we're, we're thinking we want to work in?
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, we should be really like, how do we work with,
0: are you saying I should change the title of my, uh, podcast?
1: No, I think it's joking. no, I think it's actually right on. Um, you know, it's become such a accepted way to look at building. Um, you know, economic development is you know revitalize this, revitalize mm-hmm. that, activate this. Activation.
0: What was it called? Superhero show? The cartoon, like Saturday morning cartoons. Would you have watched that? Yeah, like but that's... Superman, Batman, and the Hall of Justice, and the Wonder Twins, and...
1: No, so like my thing, <laughs> I watched... Um, so I was a big um, Jackson 5 when they had their cartoons. Oh. Yeah. You don't know they even had them? I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> I no, know, I wasn't a big like superhero... Mm. No, 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 no. I didn't watch that. I'm trying to think what else we watched Saturday. We did what? Oh, well, like the Archies? Like didn't I? Don't know. Oh, Archies?
0: Okay. Scooby Not the banana. Doo? F- oh, banana of splits? course we watched yeah. the split. No, no. I'm
1: trying hmm. to think what else. Yeah, lots of educational stuff.
0: Yeah. Hmm. So
1: what about the superheroes?
0: Oh, it's just the Wonder Twins on the. <clears throat> they say. Um, Wonder Twin Powers activate. And I,
1: oh, I think always, I actually have heard that.
0: And then they turn into like the the girl would always turn turn into something cool.
1: And the guy was a the go-go? guy would,
0: he would turn into like water or something like oh. You know. And so she was like she turned into a, like a gorilla and he'd turn into like water in a bucket and she'd throw him at the bad guy. I don't know.
1: I don't know. So far it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look this up. (laughs) It's going to be my new (laughs) binge-watching.
0: But yeah, so another bad transition. I didn't introduce you, so I probably should at some point. All right, go ahead. So I'm sitting here with Carol Murphy, who at one time was my boss. Yay! What was that, 2011, 2012, or something like that?
1: Yeah, I think 2011, probably. Yeah, two thousand eleven. Yeah. Right before it imploded. <laughs> that's,
0: yeah. Well, that's it's funny because that's where I got my interest in activating, like, to say activating spaces, like, to see how you could f- fix. That's probably a wrong term too. Fix a city or improve a city, or but improve a city with the intent of listening to the the people who were there, because that was part of what we we're trying to
1: yeah so of all the stuff that happened at university park alliance
0: Mm -hmm. yeah you're the boss you should speak i was just some kid i was like peter parker in the corner
1: (laughs) you were definitely the peter parker in the corner um but of all the you know things that university park alliance um did um the thing that to me was the most successful clearly was, you know, the neighborhood network and the community mm-hmm. engagement. And um, that organization did not actually spend a 1% of its budget in that mm-hmm. community in that way. So, you know, the idea behind University Park Alliance mm-hmm. really was supposed to be community building and what ended up happening it was a bunch of... Uh, you know, factions in the city wanting to have their area build big buildings, you know, whether you were a hospital or a school or a university, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, there was a chance for us to work within the community kind of under the radar. And that still exists today, those neighborhoods. You know, we went into certain neighborhoods and saw, like, who are the leaders? Yeah. You know, who are the leaders in this neighborhood? And, you know, it's kind of funny. I love that because it's like, I don't know. I want to do an award show for real leaders. Um, and I did actually get to do a little bit of a, an award show for real leaders. Oh, how about that? Um, when we did the exhibition at the Akron Art Museum yeah. um, called Population, the artist Ray Turner. And we were asked, you know, to bring in people that, you know, Macronites that you know represented some leadership in the community, and um, it was funny because you know people were like, "You're going to ask the mayor? You're going to ask?" Oh, him? I'm like, right. "Oh, he gets his face everywhere, you know? Yeah. Who the heck?" Mm-hmm. And so I turned it over to the community, and um, you know what you see in those portraits um, are real heroes. Um, working it every day to make their communities a better place um, and they are definitely placemakers um not sexy you know not mm-hmm. sexy they're not like building um forests or i don't know oh, what yeah. you, know, you know there's not uh, you know there's not like can
0: I flip through a few pages oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't have this book
1: you can buy it at the art museum Oh, can you?
0: Oh.
1: Um.
0: Yeah, I don't think he, in in my portrait I don't think he captured my receding hairline well enough. But
1: okay, well it wasn't exactly supposed to be. Look at how do you think this person felt?
0: <laughs> right? I, yeah, and I we don't, um, in my opinion, appreciate the unseen heroes. It's Correct. Because it's maybe it's too difficult, but it's so easy to just keep in the same like pool of people who make the headlines or the billboards or all over and over Well, here I find that
1: everybody's giving each other awards. I don't even have to look at the roster of who gets a goddamn (laughs) award because it's like I know who it's going to (laughs) be. It's like I have one photographer who wins. I have one art, you know. And it's like, seriously, do we think that this is what makes an exciting place?
0: It's very similar to... Current U.S. politics and people who run for office because it's just the same. Okay,
1: so don't get me started and because. Over
0: and, over. <laughs> and, but we we do we get hooked on just a small population because I think it's I don't know it's easy and then that's the those are the the go to people because they become well like celebrities I think in almost. small
1: cities there's so little to gain and I know that sounds terrible. <clears throat> But if there's few jobs, fewer jobs, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's it's a lot of competition in a weird way to be the mm-hmm. top dog.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And people love it here. I mean, people just continually giving each other awards, you know, and yeah. it's, I find that really, I've, mm-hmm. I, you know, I come from big cities. I've lived, I've lived in Boston. Before I came here, I was in Philadelphia for 10 years, um, I've never seen anything like that. Hmm. It's so weirdly inclusive. Mm-hmm. And yet the language about what our purpose and mission, right, about this, you know, we, we want to be inclusive. We want to, you know, make sure that we're diverse city. We're, you know, and you're like, what? It's so not inclusive hmm. for people, Um and you just continually see the same people applauding each other, I feel. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about organizations, so this is my specialty, you know. Yeah. Not, not
0: Yeah, I didn't get into it. Yeah, go for it. So that's yeah. my
1: training, right? Mm-hmm. Though I do, I have been trained, I went to... Um, as a Jedi. I have been trained as, <laughs> well, literally, I'm a badass. So... It's not a Jedi, but it is mm-hmm. the Bronx. Oh, so right. like <laughs> so I don't know what you call that, but <laughs> I am a Jedi. Yeah. You would not want to mess with me. But you know, organizationally I see the same thing the same things happening particularly in nonprofits, and that's really mm-hmm. more my expertise. Mm-hmm. So where where you have so the CEO or the head of the organization um is evaluated by a board of people and the board really doesn't get involved with the, what's happening with employees mm-hmm. and then the employees are becoming somewhat of like the enemy of we see this is University of Akron how can the faculty mm. n- not be included in discussions of how to move the organization forward mm. now clearly keeping like president and board just working together without having real input from, and I mean real input from the faculty cracks me up. Now they have the, one of the best industrial psychology <laughs> departments in the world, which is business school.
0: Yeah.
1: What the hell, you know, can't they? Hmm. And it bothers me because it is the same. It's a little bit of place taking. I come into yeah. the situation and I, I see what needs to happen to you all because I have a vision, mm-hmm. you know, well, that's crazy. That's crazy mm-hmm. that's crazy talk it kind of helped happened a little bit at University Park Alliance um, and you know there was a significant amount of money that was wasted with that organization which kills me mm-hmm. um, because you look at these communities and I think if I actually took a hundred dollar in singles and threw them out in the community up in the air I would have had more financial <laughs> impact <Interimation. laughs> And I think what's interesting about that is, like, has that ever been evaluated? Like, have we learned from our mistakes? And
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: And I think, you know, I've never been asked anything. I was never, when I left. Oh, really? Oh, God, yeah.
0: It's just that's the end. And,
1: and no one cared about what happened to the employees. Nothing. So it's weird. <laughs> that's really strange because, you know, we talk such a different talk. Um, and then, you know, I, I I think, you know, the work that you did there, um, and I will say that, you know, part of my strategy is always unplanned. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Isn't that great? Yeah. Because in a way, you know, I didn't know what to expect. Sure. You know, so going out and talking to people, um,
0: yeah, you want to adapt based on what you learn out. I don't know on the on the gridiron out there. I mean, you can't if you're stuck with your own whatever plan you came up with at the beginning. Correct. And just move forward and not yeah, so listen. Ha- then
1: correct. It's a listening thing, right? So like you want the community to make the impression upon you, and you want to assist.
0: Yeah, um, it, rem- it reminds me a lot of when, because I, I gave my students these projects where they have to go out in the public, they have to interview people. Oh, I love that. And the, Yeah, I think it's cool. And they're like, what do, we, what do we ask? Mr. Milo, what do we ask? So I gave in and basically gave like five, here's five possible probably questions that would benefit you if you use these. With the caveat of, now it's also good to listen to what the interviewee Says because that's going to make the best part of your interview if you actually listen to them and then like if they say something really cool you can just branch off and run in that direction. Because what I was finding my students would just, they would ask a question, basically ignore the answer that was given to them and then just ask the next question. You yeah. Know. And that's, I don't know, I, that's kind of the mentality of a lot of what we do maybe when we go out in the public. <laughs>
1: I had a consulting business And, you know, I liken it very much to therapy for organizations because, you know, you kind of have to listen to what they're saying, but there's stuff Mm -hmm. really behind it that you you have to really have active listening, I think, and hear Mm -hmm.
0: because
1: you can listen. But do you really hear what they're saying? Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, organizations aren't people. I just like to say that. But they are made up of people mm-hmm. with certain behaviors that are usually, usually affected by the organizational structures, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of the top-down implementation. Therefore, I hate rules because a lot of times they are very yeah. stupid.
0: <laughs> what would be a stupid rule that you've encountered?
1: Oh, gosh.
0: In all your life. doesn't have to be just within community work. Is there a rule you'd like to deactivate because it's so...
1: Mm, There's so many. Um, I don't... I. You know, I don't know. I think... I don't really... I don't really tend to follow. (laughs) But I do think... I see people in, um, you know, they're not in positions of power. Um, I just was told yesterday about a rule um, that made me, like, furious. It's about a worker who works outside um, for a very large organization, mm-hmm. and they um, told them they can't have water Because they're sick of seeing them drink their water outside, take water breaks, (laughs) and they Mm. have to schedule their bathroom break. Oh goodness. Right. So therefore, you know, what do you get? A really good employee? Yeah. (laughs) You get somebody who's like, F this. Yeah,
0: right. Hmm. So do we need to like activate (laughs) like a watchdog? kind of
1: I really feel that
0: independent group that...
1: I really feel that way. Mm-hmm. Because I don't feel like people look out for things. Like, so there's this new thing that came out, right? It's this, um, from the Women's Network, came out and it's sort of like, oh, you know, women are discriminated against in, you know, such a big way in Akron. And I'm like, no shit, sugar. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. And I hope that something comes out of it, like I think we need to hold organizations accountable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, okay, like if you are a large organization that gets money from um, foundations that community members are, you know, supporting, um, and you had the opportunity to actually promote a really wonderful woman, but yet you brought a young guy in from someplace else,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. Why would we do that? You know, why would we do that? And you see it continually. And being my age now, forget it. I might as well be dead.
0: <laughs> it's
1: a little sad because I think that Akron, you know, there's so many things that are so good about Akron and that um, I just wish that we could, you know, we could really come together in a way to look at like, like say we we became the city that, you know, is all about um, protecting women and making sure that women are treated fairly
0: mm-hmm.
1: or looking at salary. You know, maybe you can, that's a national thing that we become.
0: Yeah. Right. I mean,
1: that would be really cool, right? Or... You know, we want to deal with, it's a city that has really dealt well with homelessness. And we see that that's not the case. You know, or we're a city that, like, what are we a city of? I have dreams for Akron um, because Akron's small enough that those things can matter. But the problem I find is, unless you agree with that sort of hive mind of whatever is going on down there. Mm. Nobody that you're critical and nobody mm. wants you to be involved. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's so exclusive that I just stopped mm-hmm. trying, um, mm. and really have just kind of divorced myself from anything downtown. The neighborhoods, however, different story. Cause what's really happening, I think is happening in neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. I want to give you things that I love. I okay, love good. Uh, the
0: list of Carol Murphy's things that she loves. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. I totally love chocolate chips. No. No. Just... So I love that West Hill is kind of becoming a sort of theater. There's a lot of theater stuff going on there. Um,
0: yeah, the the, that, the center, yeah, that's, that's a sweet place that's kind of underground, not well-known, but it's a cool spot. And it has Water. been
1: untouched. Mm-hmm. No one seems to have taken it over yeah. yet, right? So there's still that kind of interest and grit and neighborhood involvement in a kind of interesting way. Okay, I love Katie Beck and anything, anything Katie Beck does <laughs> is great. And I think, you know, the reason I love Katie Beck is because, you know, where, what she's doing involves the community she's with. So she has resources, right? And you don't, it's totally not, it's not like you've come come in and changed someplace. You took a house um, that was, you know, either abandoned or whatever, they renovated it. And now it's for the community. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's for the community. Yeah. And that is being used like you cannot believe and it's really making I think a very big difference
0: yep she's Um, embedded in that community is yes has reacted to that
1: okay so now you know I'm going to talk about my most favorite people in the world and that would be Dwayne and Lisa crabs mm-hmm and you know South Street ministries South Street Mm -hmm. ministries and you know how can you say I mean talk about people who are devoted to place um, and, you know, the work that they're doing there and that Front Porch Cafe and what they've done, you know, and what it's become for that community. Um, and they are in Summit Lake.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and the other person over there that is doing an amazing job is um, Stephanie Leonardo, also oh, Leo. Yeah. Leo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know those are people who are embedded in that community they live there right leo Mm -hmm. bought a house there and they do stuff there and they do stuff with um young people and they do stuff for that community so it's not like oh i'm building something so this is nice for other people to come into the community which you know you need a little bit of both of that for economic development Mm -hmm. but I really applaud those ki- kind, that kind of work. Um, it isn't the work that's getting, you know, huge funding.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Which
1: I think it's interesting, right? Is that interesting? Um, but I think that's great. And then, you know, <clears throat> I did some work early on in Kenmore before they had that, uh, the position that Tina's in. Mm-hmm. Um, so Angela
0: oh, yeah. Miller. Mm-hmm. You
1: know, I mean, she came back from retirement in Florida to come back to Kenmore because she missed wow. it. And um, she and I got together. I met her at a meeting, and she told me she was interested in um, activating her own community, yes. let's just say. <laughs> and um, and she did, yes. let's just say. So she got me. I was getting my certificate in creative placemaking at... Um, the Knowlton School at Ohio State. And um, I ended up doing my whole practicum and everything on Kenmore. Drawings, whatever. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, I have it. It's kind of cool. Hmm. And um, she uh, connected me with uh, Rialto. Oh, yeah. And what we decided was, you know, the boulevard from everyone we talked to, and we actually had neighborhood people... So A-minus was with us, and um, people who lived in the community went out and talked to every single business, every single business they met with, and talked about things that they might want, and, you know, came up with like a a tiny little um, easy to implement plan, and that was all Angela, really, Um, and so we got the marquee. Or the mm. Rialto okay as really sort of like the visible yeah so we wrote a grant and Akron Community Foundation gave us a grant off of this new I think it's like us you know activate streets or I mm. like to use activate a lot activate of video, space. Let's just say. Oh. Um, at Chestnut Ridge now you know we went there it was all overgrown and Full of weeds and we were like oh my god this is a great place to have outdoor music and playing uh plays and
0: what's chestnut ridge
1: oh my gosh i think that's what it's called it's it was built by you know what one of the arts the wpa um oh. efforts and it's this park in um in kenmore that really is like an amphitheater hmm. it's all beautiful stone the seats are all like stone. Um, oh, really?
0: Oh. Yeah, it's Didn't really... know this one. Hmm. You have to go. Sounds cool, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not on the boulevard. It's off.
1: It's off the boulevard. boulevard but, you know, and that's the thing, right? You look at your assets. What are your assets? Mm-hmm. They're already in your community.
0: Yeah. The they Browns are. are trying to do that... The Cleveland Browns have been trying to do that for...
1: Okay, so wait. 20 years. I can't talk
0: sports. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just That's the first thing that I thought of. Use the assets that you have. Don't well, try to work with what you don't have or force something.
1: Totally right. Mm-hmm. And then if you do that, right, what are your assets? Your community. And they're going to tell you, like... So, like, you might look in the community and you go, oh, that church is the biggest asset, when really it's the woman on the street. Mm. Because when you go talk to the community... They're going to tell you that that church is, um, you know, has been there for you know forty years, fifty years, sixty years, hundred years, mm-hmm. and it's people from the suburbs coming in, going to church there, parking oh, their cars, yes. and then leaving.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But if you ask somebody in the community what the asset is, they might say, you know, we meet nightly on a community watch, or mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, yeah. whatever it might be. So I think that's part of the place-taking thing is like, what really are the assets in your community? And they may be things that we would never have seen unless they've been spoken to us Mm -hmm. by somebody who actually is in that space, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. You know this is my, I could go on for days
0: with crazy talk. That's why I brought you on the show. I will say this. Totally off topic. It's like one of the quietest rooms in the world. (laughs) It's so quiet in here. How's that possible?
1: So I live in the best little neighborhood in Akron.
0: It is one of the just unknown. You have to try to get here to get here.
1: Yes, it is true. Um, And it's like a little pocket. But I am, I don't know, three blocks from Ken Stewart's and Starbucks and Resnick and CVS and Happenings. Yeah, Larry's. Oh, yeah, Larry's, of course. Um, and, you know, it is extremely quiet. Yeah, it's
0: really quiet. That's why I keep looking around to see. <laughs> theres I, I mean, there's birds and the occasional cricket burps.
1: Yeah. Now we do have kids on the block, so you will oh. hear sometimes, you know, kids. Mm-hmm. But that's a new thing because really a lot of, you know, when my my son was little Remick, there were no other kids. Mm. Um, it's really been people in these homes. I live in a Kemple house. Um, a What? <laughs> this this area is Kempo Village and all I didn't the know that. I know we keep calling it Wallhaven. I, I I'm not sure why they call it Wallhaven, but it's not Wallhaven. Um you would identify this area by either calling it what well, you know people say White Pond um, mm. or for the houses that we live in, we're actually in a Kemple village allotment. And I think the idea was that it was this little like, you know, same type houses, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a neighbor, neighborhood branding. Kempel was the builder, German guy. And he was, as you can see, the houses are, you know, they're pretty close together. But um, the way that they're situated on the lots gives you a lot of privacy.
0: Mm.
1: He did not cut down trees.
0: I can see that. Yeah. So
1: I have some really old growth forest in my backyard.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, what year is this Kempel? Borough
1: 1952.
0: Oh, Oh, it's that. Oh, so it's not that old. Okay, interesting.
1: Yeah, Hmm. um, yeah, and so there's a bunch of them, and there are some across the street from Stan Hewitt, but they were built much later and they're slightly different. So, all of them have no basements. Oh, and they had radiant heat flooring, which was very new back then. Yeah. Mine's Brokey. Mm. Um, Yeah, so they're kind of cool. All brick.
0: Yeah. It looks like a neat little... Well, you said the guy's German, but it reminds me of like a little English village. Yeah. Borough. Yeah, they're definitely cottagey. Cottagey.
1: I know most of my neighbors, but I don't know some of those people by name, but I know all their dogs' names.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Is uh, Fairlawn Heights just over this hill? Yeah. Here? So
1: that is Stockbridge. That ridge. That's the mm-hmm. backyards on Stockbridge. Some of the most oh, expensive right. homes. Those guys. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, not they, like... sometimes they throw garbage down.
0: <laughs> now I would assume their garbage is like a, I don't know, like a necklace or or a, co- a, a couch
1: cou- or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what do I have on me?
1: Is she licking you?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's fine, I just thought maybe I'd sat and...
1: No, she's licking.
0: French fries or something. You're someone who works in Canton. Yes. But lives in Akron. It's funny, because yesterday I was talking to someone who lives in Canton. And works in Akron. That's, uh, Sanibel's, Norma, the Sanibel Bakery place Uh on South Street. Yeah, she lives in Canton. I never know, I was like, why do you, why do you live in Canton? Anyway, she had a reason. But, yeah. I love Ken. I hear a lot of good things about Ken. Yeah. It's got some cool downtown stuff.
1: Yeah. And I have to just plug my orchestra because I work for the Canton Symphony. And um, it is one of the best or- orchestras ever. And I think a lot of people don't come to here because we have so much competition between Cleveland and mm-hmm. Akron. Mm-hmm. But literally... My musicians are amazing. They stay with us for a very short time and mm. go on to become um, you know, musicians in full-time amazing orchestras, including mm. Cleveland. Mm. Um, and if you want to hear a very young and energetic sound, because most of my musicians are very young, they're mm. in their 20s, some of them, a lot uh-huh. of them. Um, mm. The talent is Amazing! It's really amazing, and it's such a great sound. Is there an upcoming
0: show? Oh yeah, performance.
1: Um, our our uh, masterworks um, uh, season opens October twelfth, and you certainly can find us online. Um, and it is really, um, uh, you know, wonderful sound. And I I really want more people to hear because <clears throat> I don't think people realize. Again, another asset. People think because it's in Canton, mm-hmm. it mustn't be as good as, you know, how the how, how the hierarchy goes. Cleveland, Akron, I mean, Canton it, yeah, follows seventy seven everybody,
0: everybody can yeah recite that. <laughs> right mm-hmm.
1: And it's like, I don't know. I hope Akronites go to Cleveland for art. I know Cleveland doesn't come as much for our stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be nice, I think, for people to know. Um, more about what's going on in Cannes. Cannes has some great um, art stuff going on. So I will say this. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little delicate of a subject.
0: Oh.
1: You know, I, this is very hard for an East Coaster to understand football uh, as thanks. such a... An important yeah. part of life, a
0: central part of your existence. Yeah.
1: So we literally, on the campus of the pro, F- you know, football Hall of Fame village,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: we are competing. Sometimes we have to cancel things that we plan to do because of <laughs> high school mm-hmm. football coming Thank to you, us.
0: Man. Right. That's big time. <laughs>
1: So that's weird to me. Yeah. But.
0: Hmm. Priorities.
1: Well, it is. Uh,
0: okay. So last question, or last time. <laughs> I don't want to hold you up too much. I, I already have. Um. You mentioned soccer. So the women's <gasps> USA team. Yes. Kicked ass, right?
1: They were the best.
0: And then they got all this blowback. Of course. Right. Any. So one of the things I heard was, all this I don't even know where this came from because I guess certain players voice their opinion so all of a sudden they have to be attacked because it's a democratic country so you can't voice your opinion or something. But anyway, um, I kept hearing this, well the women shouldn't get paid this much because nobody goes to their games. Look at all the people that go to the men's games, that's why they should be paid more. That was the argument that was being pushed on certain media outlets.
1: Well, I think it may be true in terms of attendance, but let's mm-hmm. look at how the women's games are marketed, what what is provided for that. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think you know you you can't you can't like um, you can't say that each of those were treated the same. I mean, women's games don't get the kind of um, marketing behind them that you're going to see for a men's game. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's how can you say that's apples to apples? They yeah. don't get enough well, maybe market them a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I mean, now you're going to see a huge difference. Sure. I mean, there's going to be a huge Can't difference. Change, yeah. I mean, come on. They didn't Nike didn't we they blow out the website because they were selling a, you know, Rapino t-shirt or okay, whatever no. it was, Rapino. So like <laughs> You know, I think it's, it's a silly argument, you know, because it's a catch-22. You mm-hmm. know, you're putting, you don't know, market them, nobody's going to come. And then you're yeah. going to blame it on nobody coming.
0: Why is it, my, I guess, why is it even an argument? Like, why, why do people take offense?
1: Because you know what, who the people are? They're men. <laughs> <laughs> when you say people, yeah. it's men. I mean, this whole white male thing has gotten out of control people. And just
0: for the record... As we mentioned, I'm a white male, so we're, we're, it's okay to say this because I'm here.
1: I'll say it anywhere. <laughs> it's like, when did you guys get to decide, oh yeah. So it's like, you know.
0: Well, we wrote the Bible. I think that's how we got. Please.
1: <laughs> now, I don't want to offend anybody, yeah. but I do have a really good comeback to that. Okay. And it's about Mary, and I'm not going to put it on here. I'll tell you when we're offline. Okay, Because, okay. you know, Mary was the mom, mm-hmm. and we know what moms do for boys, I actually think we might be mistaken in who. Oh.
0: Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure
1: she had to tell Jesus to make that wine because, I mean, she did. She was the one yeah. who noticed that they ran out of it. Right.
0: Make your bed. Come make on. Make the wine. Yeah.
1: And I like, you know, look, give props to Jesus,
0: but yeah, he's a cool dude.
1: Cool dude, but Mary was a mom, and I know what that <laughs> yeah. means. Let's
0: let's be the...
1: let's be real people. <laughs>
0: Well, thanks for being on my podcast.
1: You know, I love you.
0: Yeah, thanks. Love you too. Yeah, I appreciate it. Okay. Cool. That's the end, I guess. There's and... no, there's no really end. Okay, we to can my just show. keep going. It's just, just... <laughs> just
1: getting our pajamas, <laughs> going to sleep. <laughs> uh...